There's no way in hell, if you're high, you're throwing your pecan pie at somebody. You are eating that thing. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. Welcome back, guys, to the Lions of Liberty podcast, episode number 129. If you want to find out more about the things you're going to hear in today's episode, I'd like to invite you to our show notes page at lionsofliberty.com slash 129. And guys, political season is underway. There's no better time to make sure you are fully decked out in Liberty gear, which you can have so applied to you by our good friends at libertymaniacs.com. Your home for all sorts of political and satirical gear, t-shirts, mugs, bumper stickers, you name it. And you can receive 10% off your entire order as a listener of this program by using the referral code Lions of Liberty at checkout. And if you're anything like me, and you're just fed up with dealing with health insurance companies, fed up with being mandated to purchase health insurance, well, guess what? There is an alternative, and it is completely legal, and it is much more palatable, both financially and to your liberty soul. That is, of course, the package put together by our great sponsors at Health Excellence Select. To find out more about this exciting alternative, head over to lionsofliberty.com health. And now that I've got the business out of the way... We can really get to business. And this is, of course, no ordinary episode. It's been a while, but we are back here with another edition of The Felony Report. The Felony Report. That's right. And of course, I can't do the Felony Report all all on my own. I barely know anything about felonies. I'm so damn goody two-shoes. But I do have an expert on felonies here with me. He is, of course, the author of the weekly Felony Friday and co-host of this very program, The Felony Report, John Odermatt. Welcome back. What's up, Mark? Great to be back with you. I would hope so, and you know, I, I know it's it's been probably this might be the longest gap it's been for us uh, between felony reports, and you know we've we've you know we're normal people. I don't know if you guys believe that we don't just devote twenty four seven of our day and week to uh, liberty. I've been working a ton lately, and Odie here took a little vacation recently, so you should be all rested up and really ready to, ready to tackle this stuff, huh? Yeah, rested up or maybe a little bit, you know flaked out, you know, based on a little, getting a little too much sun over vacation and whatnot. Vacation can't do that to you. It can be hard to kind of get back in the mix when Try, you're just... Yeah, I'm trying my hardest to get back in the swing of things, but we'll see. We'll see. This is a good way to, to jump back in and reacclimate myself to uh, a little bit of liberty. There you go. Now, did you... Uh, who were you on vacation with? The family, I, I suppose? Yeah, with the family, with uh, my mom and dad, brother and sister and their families, and they have uh, lots of kids between them. So there were kids between the ages of nine all the way down to a newborn and uh, all in between. So it was uh, it was awesome. Um, it was loud, you know, waking up in the morning, hearing three-year-olds screaming. Um, I woke up this morning. It was silent. It was kind of nice. But as, as you know, Mark, I, you know, my wife and I are expecting our own uh, child here soon. So. Yeah, so, so don't get used to the silence. Exactly. How many of your family members on vacation with you uh, are felons? I'm just kidding. You don't have to answer that. <laughs> it's, Zero, it's, I, I think. I think <laughs> but it's very possible that everyone that was on vacation with you, except maybe the youngest of young kids, has committed a felony at some point, because felonies are so freaking common. I mean, there's that book, which I, I got to look into a little bit more, but it's it's that phrase that they say we commit three felonies a day because there are so many laws on the books that people commit felonies just going about their daily business all the time. Not saying that your family is any more prone to felonies than, than other families, but... <laughs> what are you trying to say here? 
Well, you know, I mean, that, but that is a book, Three Felonies a Day. I have a meeting to pick that up, and I will make a note to read that. Maybe we can talk about it on a later episode here. Hey, Felony Report book review, perhaps. There you go. Or maybe we can do a special edition of the Felony Report where we speak with the author of that book. That would be even cooler. Try to plug at some point since <laughs> I have no idea who wrote it right now, but we'll get to that later. So it's actually Harry Silvergate. Harry Silvergate, everybody. Way back in 2011, he put this book out, Three Felonies a Day. That's a great name. you got to love that. Wow. It is. It's a, it's a great title, a great author name. I mean, I'm already what? sold. So we're definitely going to look into that book. Kindle version is only 1049, everybody. Just just to point that out. If you want to do some homework and get get ahead in your reading before we do this episode that we're talking about here. And if you buy it on Amazon.com, you can use our links on LinesOfLiberty.com as well. There you go. Go over to our website. Click on the little Amazon banner on the right-hand side of your column. Purchase this book and we'll get what? 15 cents from it? If we're lucky. But that 15 cents will go directly back into producing more of these shows. Now... Like I said, it's been a little while since we've done this thing, so we're going to tick back the clock a little bit. Back to this. You wrote an article about the Charleston incident, where this fellow, this gentleman, uh, I guess we shouldn't call him a gentleman, Dylan Roof, shot up a church, a predominantly black church, and obviously this this stoked a lot of flames uh, for, for very good reason, not just about the gun control debate, and of course, whenever there's a big shooting like this, you're going to expect the gun control debate to heat up again, but, uh, you know, racially, the Confederate flag stuff all stem from this, it's really set off a lot of sparks among people, and obviously whenever there's a huge tragedy like this, uh, you know, emotional strings are going to be pulled. So what, what was your first reaction upon seeing this case here, this this shooting in Charleston, did you have an inkling that uh, this might be something you'd end up writing about even before a lot of the news came out? Yeah. One of the earlier news reports I read talked about this guy, this uh, this dirtbag. I like that's what, uh, that's what Larry Pratt called him, one of your previous guests. I like that name for him. This uh, dirtbag had, had a, a previous uh, run him with the law. Uh, he was previously charged with a felony. Actually, um, it was a felony for um, he, he had some drugs on him when he was shoplifting, and he hadn't been you know, convicted or on a trial or anything yet, but he had the charges, and with those charges in the state of South Carolina, he shouldn't have been allowed to get a gun as it was. That's really interesting, actually. Let's just pause there for a minute because that's something I never really think about when we talk about, uh, you know, felonies and how people that are convicted of felonies lose so many rights, including voting, gun rights, but... This is a case, I mean, obviously, in retrospect, we can all say this guy shouldn't probably shouldn't have a weapon. I mean, he, he's a dangerous guy. We know that now. But if you just look at that law that says you can't even have the, the weapon, you can't even purchase a gun if you even have charges pending, which, I don't know, to me, that's kind of punishing someone before they've been found guilty of anything. And obviously, I don't necessarily want to apply this to Dylan Roof, but I'm sure there are yeah. many people out there with pending charges that, that is preventing them from owning a weapon. That's, that's a great point. I mean, I'm not necessarily saying, I'm not saying at all that I agree with the, the way the law is. I'm just saying the way the law is structured right now, he shouldn't have been able to get a gun and the law failed. And that in itself, I think, proves that gun control in this instance definitely did not work. I mean, it's not hard to see. I mean, this guy that was supposedly not able to get a, a firearm because of his previous felony was able to get a firearm. And then, of course, in the, I wrote this article before the stuff came out about the FBI background check failure to uh, catch the, um, the, I guess they call it the, the loophole, the, the felon loophole. And, uh, and now since then, there's been you know legislators in South Carolina that have called for the closing of, of the loophole, which the loophole is 
Um, if so many days pass before the FBI gets back to the uh, gun shop owner, then the gun shop is allowed to proceed with the transaction. And lawmakers have called for closing this loophole. But I'm not in favor for necessarily closing the, the loophole per se. The way in my article, the way to look at this is um, Dylan Roof, even if you know he was stopped and there was a loophole and he was not able to get a firearm legally, I guess, he still could have got one illegally. Um, this is a, a very sick, uh, mentally ill human being, a, a dirtbag who um, was uh, hell-bent on, on murdering people. And who's to say that he wouldn't have gone to the black market and gotten a gun illegally? So even if the loophole was closed, this tragedy still could have occurred. Or he could have gotten some dynamite, could have gotten a couple of machetes, and obviously a gun's a little easier to use than a machete, but... Point being, there are many, many ways to kill people, even if you can't get your hands on a gun. And it's clear from the, this loophole and even just the laws in general. I mean, I know there are many people on the streets that are holding guns that didn't buy them at the store and didn't get a background check. So you see here this argument, gun control doesn't work. And we say it all the time. And you're saying it in this article. And I think in our in our current context, we're, you're totally right. I mean, in a society that has guns. There's no way you can just sort of like put little rules on some people and expect them, the truly crazy people, the true criminals that really do not care for human life and they're, and obviously don't care about petty laws, you know, they're not going to be stopped from getting a gun. Uh, there is a way I think you could have gun control be effective, and that is by just a full sort of uh, Maoist or Hitler-esque just um, clampdown. Uh, I mean, literally deprive the streets of guns altogether, take them from every household. Um, that's probably not going to be possible in the United States with the level of support for the Second Amendment in this country, thankfully. But if you really did take all the guns from citizens, yeah, you probably would have less gun crime, don't you think? Was it Carl Rove? Yeah, Carl Rove said that I think a couple weeks ago. He said something to the effect of, uh, "Yeah, the, the only way to um, really lessen gun crime in this country is to repeal the Second Amendment." So, so something like that. And he's probably right in reality. But I mean, you can also make that same argument that Ron Paul made in a debate. Uh, you know, yeah, we can, uh, we can, we can prevent all crime. We can prevent spousal abuse by keeping a police officer in every home. You'll never see it again. We'll also have no privacy whatsoever, and you're going to infringe on the rights of millions of people. So, so to me, the, the the term "work" can be, you know, can kind of be manipulated however people want. But exactly. But what we really need to look at, and what you do look at, of course, and what we always look at here is whose rights are being violated, and and just the idea of removing guns from people. Well, that's going to violate the, a heck of a lot of rights of people, uh, a lot more than just maybe having some more sane sane sort of laws about this stuff or or non-laws i guess i should say sane policies about about guns and to me a sane policy is one that doesn't arbitrarily restrict the purchase of guns from normal everyday people which is still despite all the hype despite all the hoopla you know gun crimes are a lot lower than than even 20 years ago so the fact of the matter is the vast majority of gun owners are responsible, are abiding by the law. I mean, I, I waited through a 10-day period to get my my gun out here in California, so I, I abided by the law even though I'm shaking my head at how silly it is at the same time. So, I mean, we all go through whatever hoops we go through. But people like Dylan Roof, to me, they're not going to care about these little loopholes. And as long as guns exist out there, it's not going to stop them. It's, this kind of law, even that, even with or without the loophole, isn't going isn't gonna to put a stop to this kind of thing. I absolutely agree with you. All right, and I think uh, we have full agreement on that. And for more on guns and gun violence and the possible reasons behind it, check out my interview with Larry Pratt, which we will, of course, post in the show notes for the show. Or you can find it at the archive, lionsofliberty.com slash podcast. 
Lots of ways to find this stuff, guys. And our YouTube channel. I may as well get all our plugs in there. We got a new YouTube channel. Getting some hits on there, so of course, look us up on YouTube as well. Moving along, and um, obviously, uh, the, the Charleston shooting was a, a big deal for a lot of people. It's a very emotional, terrible incident. Uh, but we're going to look at something now that's just, um, you know, I don't know, a little more comical. And this is, uh, why don't you tell us about this pecan pie fight, which ended in a felony arrest. Tell us about the story you wrote about a few weeks ago. Yeah, well, this is a uh, one of those stories that when when you're you know searching for something to write about and you read the headline, you just know before you even read another word that this is <laughs> this is something you have to you have to write about. So well, this is uh, out of Colorado, the the wacky uh, wacky state of Colorado, Boulder, Colorado. Um, what what happened here? This uh, situation, a little bit of road rage. This happened, as I said, what three weeks ago, four weeks ago, July July tenth is when I wrote about it. So a little bit of time's passed. Um, so I'm not going to go into the names and the back and forth, but there was uh, one gentleman was driving erratically, uh, passing cars, driving up on the shoulder of the road, and this obviously pissed off other drivers on the road. One guy got very upset and started following this guy home, and he followed him all the way to his house. The out of control driver gets uh, gets to his house, and the and the guy following him gets out and happens to have a pecan pie or pecan, I guess depending on where you live, how you say it. I don't, I don't know. I don't I don't eat the stuff. Pecan, pecan. I have no idea. I don't think I've ever had a pecan in my life. I probably have. Yeah, I, you, I'm sure you have. I'm sure I have, but I I couldn't. <laughs> That's I could never describe the flavor of a pecan to me or a pecan, and I still don't know how to say it. Pecan Sam, doesn't that doesn't that the case closed? Wasn't that the name of the uh, the uh, that one uh, what Fruit Loops? Was he the Fruit Loops mascot? Pecan Sam? I have no idea what you're talking about. All right, well we'll pick that up <laughs> in a different show, I guess. Anyway, the important thing is this guy uses a pie as a as a weapon. You know, luckily he didn't grab a gun or a knife or a bat or a club or something like that. He grabs a pie and he throws this pie at the uh, at the guy he was pissed off at the the <laughs> aggressive driver that, that was weaving I mean, how can i not laugh at this if, if you hear some thunder rolling outside a little thunderstorm going on here it's not me uh i don't know i i would kill to have a thunderstorm out here in los angeles i can't remember they do happen very rarely but it's been probably years since i've heard thunder naturally in this in this state that's pretty weird i don't know but i'm not to get off topic but yeah, yeah. sometimes the earth shakes beneath us too i mean there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on here that's true that's true so the the getting getting back to the story, this uh, pecan pie gets thrown about back and forth. Um, the one guy goes over, picks up a piece of the pie, throws it back at the original thrower of the pie. I, I just wish I could have been a neighbor on the sideline just watching this go <laughs> back and forth. Can you can you imagine that? That's that's uh, that's entertainment. I mean, I I would pay money to see that probably. I don't. I mean, not much money, maybe five bucks. Mate, whoa, oh whoa, this is an idea. <laughs> okay. Do we need to start? Maybe having like this could be like a fundraiser, whether eh, not for Rand Paul, but for somebody, maybe just for us, <laughs> a pecan pie fight fundraiser. See the Lions of Liberty engage in a pecan pie fight. Who wouldn't pay for that? That actually could be a brilliant idea. Yeah. I mean, that, that could be. I'm not sure. It might be terrible. It might be an awful idea. With my arm, I'll throw one from Jersey. I mean, we need to draft some rules and some contracts up first, of course. But uh, I don't know. I'm just just as an initial idea. I'm I'm liking it. Maybe we could dress up as Donald Trump and Rand Paul and throw pies at each other. A Paul Trump pie fight. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. All right. It, Tie it into fun. the election. Tie it into our upcoming debate podcast, which I'm going to take a brief moment to plug. Next Monday's show, the next episode of this podcast you hear, will be our post-debate reaction show where we'll be looking at the 
Republican debate on Fox News. Eek. It's going to be fun. We should get pecan pies just for sitting through this thing. We should get something because, well, actually, you know, it's going to be pretty darn entertaining with Donald Trump just being ridiculous, I'm sure. It will but be. Anyway, so, okay, after the, the, the pecan pie fight, it, it, the, this situation escalated pretty quickly. And the uh, the follower, the guy who followed the aggressive driver to his house, you know, jumps on the on the guy and starts to you know, actually attack him, assault him. So he drives away. The, the other guy calls the cops. Um, he ends up getting arrested. At the end of this article, I kind of broke down. Um, one thing I want to talk about, you know, libertarians always talk about NAP, the non-aggression principle. And a, a lot of people, or a lot of libertarians, I should say, um, looking at this situation, they might say to themselves, uh, the only violation of NAP is when the guy started assaulting the other guy. But, um, I mean, the, the way that I look at this situation, the, the first the first uh, person to, to, to violate someone else's... It's Toucan Sam, not Pecan Sam. Sorry, I just had a revelation. <laughs> Pecan Sam. What the hell? That's why you didn't know what I was talking about, because it didn't make sense. Sorry, go on. Back to the NAP, or the nap, as, as you call it, which is making me want to take a nap. Go on. That's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just couldn't contain that till you even finished a sentence once I had that revelation. Oh, anyway, back to the back to the NAP. <laughs> so, the, 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 I mean, the, the first violation of the, of the NAP of nap is this aggressive driver um, running people off the road, driving on the shoulder. Um, that, that's, that's, you know could be considered assault i mean I, I i think so i mean you could end up killing someone you could end up making them drive into a pole and get in an accident yeah it's, it's at least attempted assault or i mean something it's definitely a violation i would agree with that definitely a violation nap and then the the second violation would be the uh you know the, the follower uh following this guy home and throwing a pie at his car <laughs> clearly a yeah. violation even if it's a hilarious violation it could. Have, I mean, the, even though it's a pie, it could have injured him. You know, maybe yeah. it gets on his windshield, and then a pecan fleck could go in your eye and blind you. For all for all we know, and you never know. I mean, it could have got on his windshield. He's driving home later, and he wrecks because he can't get it off. Uh, who knows? Um, the the third one. Um, I, I guess I didn't mention this before. <laughs> the guy actually tried to run over the other guy with his car. With the, the guy that followed him home. The guy that followed him home. Yeah. There's a lot going on with there the pies and the running over the cars and the following. and uh, That, I think, would be another very, very clear violation of the non-aggression principle, trying to run someone over. I think we can safely check that one off. And then after the uh, the follower you know, tried to run over the aggressive driver, the aggressive driver then knocked out the other guy's taillights, which is also a violation of that. So if you're keeping score at home... That would be two for each. It's two two. So they're even. So no need for further further <laughs> litigation here, right? We can just no need call, for call it a, two two NAP violations each. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah, but uh, well, maybe not. Yeah, I, we we can't let him get off that. I mean, the guy did you know try to run him over, so that's that's a little bit worse. I yeah, think. I I think we can safely say that not all violations of the non-aggression principle are equal. So while uh, throwing a pie at someone is pretty bad, uh, running over them is worst and this guy well this guy the same guy did both in this case so he's probably the worst worst aggressor here would you say worst aggressor even though he is hilarious he is a uh, he's the aggressor he is, is hilarious but um you know at the same time he the initial aggression was not against the man the pecan pie thrower and uh, he also had additional aggressions against him with the 
breaking of his taillights. So, which some might say was just a response to, say, the pecan pie and the attempts to run him over. So maybe it doesn't constitute aggression. I think the fourth one is the only possible questionable one. I mean, obviously, they didn't go through any sort of legal process to determine, hey, as a, as, repar- as as reparations for you throwing a pie at me and trying to run me over, I get to break your taillights. I mean, so obviously, that's not any sort of, you know, anything we could call a, a just reciprocation, but it was maybe a response to the other previous aggressions, you might say. But then, again, so is everything. True, true. I mean, you, you could say that, you know, maybe breaking his taillights, you know, that's not a proper response, but... Kind of understandable, though. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, maybe he's trying to... I, I don't know. What, what do you do at that point? Somebody tries, to run, somebody tries to run you over. What I take from this is neither of these two people should be driving on, on roads, like, at all. Clearly. I'm, I'm not going to Boulder, Colorado. Ever. Yeah. Ever. That's what I take I mean, I hope. I just hope that the um, the sort of uh, drug war Nazis don't get a hold of this and blame it all on pot. <laughs> there's no evidence these gentlemen were high at the time, and I can actually say there's plenty of evidence that at least one of them was not, because there's no way in hell if you're high, you're throwing your pecan pie at somebody. You are eating that thing. Fact. That's true, and and you're probably Case not going to follow someone home when you're high because no, it's, it's not going to do that. God no. From what I've read about it, anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've read a lot about it. All right. I think we've given enough. We devoted enough time to the pecan pie. So let's move along to a, a positive story, which I would say is, is, is at least an overall positive, though you have your criticisms of it. Uh, and that is Mr. Obama. President Obama recently came out calling for justice reform. So why don't you tell us a little bit about just what our Presidente El Potis, who has uh, been turning in a few good things lately now that he's a little bit more of a lame duck. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the exact sentencing reform that he's calling for here. Well, um, you know, it's it, it's a good thing. I'm, I'm happy that President Obama is uh, jumping on the criminal justice reform bandwagon. And one interesting note that I brought up in the article that President Obama is the first president to tour a prison while he's in office. That's amazing. That is it is amazing. It's uh it's really hard to believe. I don't even know what else to say about it. You know? <laughs> I mean, I guess I had never heard of a president going to a prison before, or even thinking why they would. But I mean, I, I think it's a fantastic move. I mean, d- despite what you, you we might say that you know, yeah, Obama didn't go and start repealing drug laws or anything like that, or do anything great uh, regarding the drug war at his time in office. But if nothing else, um, just the fact that he did this thing, you know, just just the fact that he is visiting a prison, the source, well, or maybe just a symptom, depending on how you want to look at it, of so many problems to so many as far as I'm concerned, innocent people, it's it's certainly a, a wonderful thing that he did this, despite all other criticisms that might come around it. Yeah, you have to give him credit for it. And uh, in, in interviews after, he even talked about how, you know, after being in the cells, and, you know, he's, he's, he's uh, you know, being political here and trying to score points, but still, he's, he's still saying this, saying that it easily could have been him that went down that road. I mean, we all have read about and, and heard about it, Obama's past in Hawaii with the uh, the Chum Gang, or is, is that how you say it? I believe that's it. The Chum, Chum Gang. His group of friends that pretty much all they did was get high all day, every day. Yeah, they got high. They sold weed. I mean, that's what they did. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what they did. And look at him now. You got to give him credit for for saying that could have been me. I mean, Bill Clinton said he smoked but didn't inhale, which right. is you know, which is obvious nonsense. Yeah. yeah. And I want to. I mean, God, Obama's given me a lot of reasons to praise him this year. The Cuba thing and this. 
And uh, I mean, if we don't praise people when they're doing something good, then you know what what worth are we? Then we're just we're just you know nihilists, and we just want to hate on everything. So uh, I think it's very important. Why don't you want to detail a little more about some of the things that he called for too in this in this press conference after his uh, his visit to the prison? Yeah, well, that's that's kind of where the uh, praise goes away and kind of turns to criticism. They're not taking it as far as it needs to be taken. If President Obama was acting rationally after realizing that could have been him and he could have been in jail, um, you would think that the reaction would be, well, then, you know, people shouldn't be going to jail for these crimes. Uh, people shouldn't be locked in a cage for smoking marijuana or, or possessing marijuana or, or cocaine or heroin or, or whatever drug of your choice for that matter. But they're, they're just not taking it far enough. And uh, the, the legislation... It's actually bipartisan. Of course, we talked about Rand Paul's bill in the past, and there's uh, people on the other side of the aisle on the the Democratic side, and now the president is is jumping in, but they're not taking it far enough, and they're not looking at it from really a – I don't know if, if, if the right word is to say they're looking at it from a utilitarian standpoint. Maybe they are to a degree talking about saving money in prisons and whatnot. So there probably is a little bit of that to it. But they're not looking at it from a moral standpoint. The moral standpoint of it's just flat out wrong to lock someone in a cage for completely, you know, they're not violating the rights of anyone else. All they're doing is putting a plan in their system or, uh, you know, doing a transaction on the black market, selling drugs for money, which is illegal. And I'm not saying that's, you know, I'm not advising people to do that. But at the same time, that's not something you should go to jail for, in, in my opinion. And I obviously agree completely. And, you know, I mean, Obama, he I believe he went on to pardon or commute the sentences of 46 different people who will be released from jail. Uh, who are who are in the in jail long term on drug crimes, and that's a, certainly a positive development. But and obviously this is not something he could really do politically. But if you really wanted to be principled, you just take an executive order and you you check off everyone in there for a nonviolent drug crime and release millions overnight. Obviously, I don't expect the president to actually do something like that. But if we really wanted to be consistent, I mean, do we really need to examine the in-depth details of every single case like he has to do, you know, in order to vet? And obviously, you got to vet people before you're going to attach your name to them and and tell the world, you know, this this guy is safe. I'm going to allow his release into the world. But um, I don't know. I mean, look, he's he's done more already than any other president on this issue. So I don't want to harp on him too much. But I mean, it's it's clearly not. It's not everything we might want from this thing. Yes, something interesting maybe to, to watch out for in the uh, the GOP debate coming up. Um, we, we've talked about in, in our previous presidential profile for Donald Trump and our you know on the other podcast show and the feature that Brian writes, uh, ran pluses and minuses. How both of them um, you know are, are against the drug war and Rand Paul with his criminal justice reform legislation as well. It'll be, if a question comes up on that, it'll be really interesting to see, um, first of all, what, what Donald Trump has to say, if he still keeps pushing that line that he's really been pushing since the 90s. I mean, not you know vocally, but very vocally, but he's held that belief at least consistently. And then how far Rand Paul pushes it, because there's going to be people on stage Chris Christie, uh, Jeb Bush, I think Jeb Bush and Rubio have come out in favor of the drug war still. Um, that that'll be a very interesting dynamic, and I wouldn't be surprised if Fox News completely avoided it. But it'll be pretty interesting if it does come up to see um, where everyone falls. 
I mean, how can it not be a question that comes up in the debate, the war on drugs? I mean, especially when you have Senator Paul, who's put out legislation to try to basically, on the federal level, allow medical marijuana, which is more than any other senator I know of has ever done on this issue. So, um, you know, it's. but at the same time, we got to think, all right, this is Fox News. Are they interested in talking about the war on drugs? I don't know. I mean, to me, a question like that is only something that can make Rand Paul look good. Uh, and the other candidates look bad, unless, of course, you're one of the many people that still support the war on drugs, which is probably a large part of Fox News' audience as well. So maybe they will put those questions out there. I hope they do, because, I mean, in terms of the list of atrocities being committed by government, by the federal government, I mean, the war on drugs is, is probably number one as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but I agree with you. All right, we, we've spent a good amount of time talking about the, these couple of things, so I'm not going to talk about any anything else that you've written about lately. Uh, of course, you can find John's articles, all of them, every single one of them. He's been doing for over two years, every single week. I still am blown away by this stat. Not miss a week in over two years, so find them all at lionsofliberty.com slash Friday. Before we sign off, i got to touch on one thing you haven't written about. Understandable, you're on vacation, but people seem pretty fired up about Cecil the Lion and this dentist. That killed poor Cecil the lion in Zimbabwe. Do you have a? Have you seen anything about this? Obviously, you've probably seen the memes. I don't know if you know the details. This is your first on-the-spot felony report <laughs> moment, actually, where I'm actually asking you about something you have written nothing about, and frankly, I don't even know if you know anything about it. So yeah, I'm familiar a little bit with it. I haven't read a whole lot about it. Um, probably what I know is distorted by media reporting, you know, or just random people on Facebook ranting about it. But uh, I mean, I, I guess there was one thing. Actually, I think you said on Facebook. I think it was on Facebook a couple of days ago. Cecil the Lion was called like, you know, N52394 7 instead of Cecil the Lion, then nobody would care about Cecil the Lion. Oh, I think that's that's so true. It's And also, you don't have, you know, a meme on the internet with somebody. But I mean, big game hunting is huge. There are as many deaths that occur in Africa over the years. I think the big issue, supposedly, is that there are people that believe that his collar was tampered with because he was on an actual reserve where he was protected, but the actual shooting took place off the reserve. And, uh, you know, some people will say, well, he's off the reserve. That's fine. And, um, I mean, I agree. You should be allowed to kill an animal on your property. I mean, a lion's potentially a threat to someone. This was obviously a safari, not, a, not a, a self-defense situation. Um, but I don't know if, if there's evidence that they lured this animal off of the reserve onto property specifically to kill it, then I think there is an issue because I do believe in, you know, the obviously we can get into real deep issues of how to find private property and legitimate ways to, you know, acquire property. And I, the reserve likely wasn't acquired in legitimate ways. It was probably a government that pointed at it and said, this is a reserve. But, you know, generally, I, I'm all in favor of property owners and, and the establishment of reserves to protect wildlife as a, as a concept, you know, just separated from, you know, how that property was acquired just as a general thing. So I, I think there's a decent case, some repercussions against him if they truly conspire to specifically lure this one lion, you know, off that reserve. But uh, to me, that that seems, and I don't know all the details of this case, that seems to be more like conjecture at this point than, than an actual fact. Um, but the, the outrage seems to be, and I just saw another other meme today of uh, they posting uh, about Jimmy John, you know, um, who is a big game hunter as well, the owner of the Jimmy John sandwiches, which I love, and uh, you know, and they have all these memes. Look at look at where your money is going. Don't support Jimmy John's, and it's just pictures of with him with a couple uh, big game trophies. So I mean, 
And that's not even about, oh, they took, they lure this poor, you know, cheetah off the, off the reserve. Now it's becoming anyone who does big game hunting is terrible and needs to be chastised, which seems crazy to me. I mean, I, yeah. are we suddenly hate hunting now? I mean... One aspect of it that I, I'm really not clear on. So there's a guide in Zimbabwe that, that sets this up and they probably have a website and this guy signs up. And this guide, um, you know, has to have special you know permits to be able to have this hunt or have, you know, access to land where you're allowed to hunt. So, you know, th- they're assuming that this dentist was was aware of this being an illegal hunt or are they saying even if he w- was not aware that he should still be held accountable for being because that's really fraud i mean he had fraud committed against him right if he wasn't aware yeah i mean i I don't know the details if he just thought he was going on the safari where he was going to get to kill a lion and and he happened to kill this one lion that they told him to kill i mean to me he should have no repercussions i mean he was going on a safari which you know to to a big game safari which happens all over africa i mean unless you want to say that big game hunting is just inherently terrible then it's really hard for me to see why this guy is specifically evil, unless he really did conspire with the guy to specifically lure this protected animal off of the reservation. Then I think there's a, some case against him, but that doesn't seem to be the actual source of the outrage. It actually just seems to be the fact that he killed this lion. Uh, and, and again, I think it's because his name's Cecil. I mean, I, that, that's why. I mean, you know, there, there, it's a it's a fact that big game hunting has helped preserve species that would have otherwise died by putting them on certain land where they can survive and attaching a price to hunt them. It actually brings in money to the community, brings in the money which helps the reserve thrive, allows the animals that are are left there because they're obviously don't just let them kill all the animals. They set a certain number of the population that they can kill. Uh, when they do that, it actually allows these species to thrive and survive, whereas if it was just sort of left to the open, anyone kill anybody, I mean, then that's when you would really see extinctions of a lot of these species. And obviously, this is not what we normally talk about, but... I think there's two aspects that have that have made this story kind of blow up. One thing, I'd like you just said, Cecil the Lion, you know, lovable name, Cecil, as you can see him in memes and, and whatnot. The other thing, this guy's a dentist. Everyone hates dentists. <laughs> I actually like my dentist. <laughs> Dave Familia, you rock. But uh, yeah, people don't like dentists, I guess, because they associate them with bad things in their mouth. But yeah. they're just helping like, n- 90% of the population is anti-dentites. So that's, <laughs> it's a, that's an old Seinfeld joke. It for is. You. It is. And if there, there's no better way to end a show than with the term anti-dentite as far as i'm concerned so we will wrap things up we'll try to do this a little more often but you know hey guys we're real people with real lives sometimes it takes us six weeks to get the felony report together but john you just came back from vacation you're getting right into the swing of things because you're here with me on the felony report and then uh we're gonna get right into the the republican debate so are you looking looking forward to this why don't we hype this up a little bit for the people what are we gonna what are we gonna see here in these upcoming republican debates god only knows it's gonna be um with donald trump involved it's going to be a show. I mean, it might be completely out of control. They might talk about none of the issues, but it'll be entertaining. And, you know, you're going to want to tune in for our our review of it, our podcast of it, because no matter what they say, even if it gets wacky and crazy, we're going to take it back and relate it to the issues and talk about the issues and how they're maybe avoiding talking about some of the most important things like like the drug war or uh, maybe some aspects of foreign policy and whatnot, but I'm excited. I, I you know, I say that I'm not really into politics and I'm really not into the actual, you know, you know, legislation and, and, uh, you know, advancing Liberty that way, you know, I'll support good legislation and whatnot, but I do like watching a good entertaining debate. And as you know, I'm a big fan of, or was a big fan of Herman Cain last year. And Oh, Herman. 
Not for his policies, but boy, oh boy, for his random things he'd say in music videos and commercials. and Yeah, not for his policies at all, just for his insanity. And that's I'm, I'm a fan of Donald Trump's insanity, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. All right, and of course, uh, you know, like I said, we're going to have that up on this coming Monday's podcast. That'll be episode 130, but we're going to do our best to turn this thing around pretty quickly. So if you go to our YouTube channel... This is the time you can get a little preview. We're, we're hoping to have this show up sometime on Friday. So if you go and subscribe to our YouTube channel, just look us up on YouTube. That's how you find it. Or we'll link to it in the show notes of this show, lionsofliberty.com slash 129. You'll be some of the first people to hear our post-Republican debate reaction show because it'll be there a couple days before it's on iTunes for uh, for your listening pleasure. So be sure to check that out. Be sure to keep coming back to Felony Friday, lionsofliberty.com slash Felony Friday, where you can find John's articles each and every week. And, of course, we'll be doing more of these felony reports. We're going to be doing plenty more podcasts going forward. We're just not going to stop, basically, until uh, until we die, I guess, right? That's that's the plan. So <laughs> until then, hopefully we won't die between now and then. Until then, John, why don't you join me? Why doesn't everybody out there... Live long and live free till we die. That's going to be our new slogan. We're going to get t-shirts made up. I wonder if Cecil was a lion of liberty or if he was just a regular lion. That dentist killed liberty. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See you, man. Peace.